1: Well, happy New Year's Eve to anybody who is listening to this show, whether you're listening to it live on uh, Sunday night on New Year's Eve or you're listening to it a couple of days later. Uh, Welcome. It is the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, a best-of version. Uh, This is a new segment, but the next three segments uh, will be uh, stuff that I've done just recently uh, coming up. Uh, in just about 10 minutes, uh, John Schneider, the actor, and now Moonshiner, his revenueers Reserve. Uh, it's out now. Uh, we will uh, dive back into that interview that just happened a couple of weeks ago. Great interview with John. Had a great time talking to him about the moonshine as well as uh, acting on Smallville and uh, Dukes of Hazzard. Um, it, just, uh, it was a lot of fun. Honored uh, to, to have talked to John uh, for even just a few minutes. He made you feel like... Um, I had known him for 30 years. That's how comfortable he made me. And that's pretty awesome. When you're a celebrity of of you know, a pretty significant stature, let's put it this way, uh, in the uh, TV world. And certainly John Schneider is that. Uh, you all remember him as Bo Duke. You also remember him as Jonathan Kent uh, on the series Smallville. So a uh, uh, great discussion with John about uh, Moonshine. And then uh, Scott Wells for the final two segments of the program from Bolero snored about it, the beer bill and all this uh, nonsense that's going on. We taped that back in uh, early December. And uh, uh, a, an interview I felt relevant to uh, share again with everybody in the audience if you missed it the first time around. And uh, with the beer bill set to expire um, you know very soon, in fact, the rules for New Jersey go back into effect on January 1. Uh, and then shortly after that, this bill dies in committee. And then they have to go back and start all over again, which is it's just not a good thing. It's not a good thing, and that's that's really what I wanted to talk about here in this in this final segment here, or first segment, final segment, live segment, whatever you want to call it, um, here of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy The Answer. the um, The news for New Jersey has not been good. It started out with a lot of hope and promise. Uh, the first uh, you know five months of the year. Um, a lot of lobbying, a lot of negotiating back and forth. Uh, finally, the legislature puts together a bill uh, that looks like it will pass. Um, they wanted to put all of these other elements in it about you know, liquor license laws and things of that nature. They finally realized, hey, look, it's not going to come out of committee uh, to come to a vote. So we need to really pare this down a little bit and do some things that we know will pass quickly to help the breweries out. The legislature did their job. They went in, they crafted a bill that helps the breweries, specifically the breweries, nobody else. They passed it unanimously right before the end of the legislative session in June. Bill goes to the governor's desk. He ignores it. He had promised to sign it. Told the breweries, if you do this, this, and this through spokespeople, we'll get it done. I'll sign it. Okay? He lied. He lied to them. Now, he could sit there and spin it however he wants. This bill doesn't do enough. This, this, blah, blah, blah. But a Somebody with the slightest bit of common sense would understand that what the breweries are asking for and what you want to do to change liquor in the state of New Jersey are incompatible with one another because the breweries can't serve wine. They can't serve hard liquor. They can't do those things. All they want is to be able to brew their beer, sell it, and have a little bit of breathing room to be able to hold events and things of that nature. Instead of being uh, told you can only hold 25 events a year, your TV can only be a certain size – all of this gobbledygook nonsense that they seem to arbitrarily have placed on the brewers. And it's wrong. All of it's wrong. The governor even admitted it was wrong. And yet, he had the ability through executive order to take care of it. Didn't do it. They crafted a law and a series of laws, right, to help the breweries. Passes unanimously. You never see anything pass unanimously in New Jersey. Never. And yet he still, well, I want this, this, and this. Then he pairs it down. He conditionally vetoes the bill in September, late September. Says, okay. Oh, no. Actually, he didn't do it until until much later. He had kept saying he was going to conditionally veto it. Then, uh, you know, he finally he vetoes it and says, this is what I want, pocket licenses. Now, not a bad idea. If you're holding on to a license for a long period of time and you're not using it, yes, you should have to give it up. I don't have an issue with that. Fair market value, whatever the market dictates, whatever. You should have to give it up. If you've been holding on to it for 10 years, you're not using it. You're waiting for the right offer to come along. And I'm sorry, I understand that we live in a capitalist society, but at some point you have to, you know what to get off the pot, right? But the legislature's like, no, we're in lame duck. We got about six weeks. We've got more important things to do. We're not bringing this up. Even if they, even I, my, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, the legislature to say, hey, look, maybe they saw this and said, look, we're, we can't do this because this one doesn't equate to the other. But it could just simply be because of the fact that the governor, his wife is running for Senate, U.S. Senate, she's trying to take Bob Menendez's seat. Um, he's in a lame duck now, and they're not going to bend over to give him what he wants. Now, regardless of what it is, they have decided not to take it up. They have decided nothing is going to happen as of this recording. Now, it could have changed. I'm recording this on uh, the 18th of December. In 10 days, 12 days, whatever it is, things could have changed. I don't think so. Okay, that's a pretty safe bet on my in my book. Um, You know, and so what what is sad now is that we're seeing breweries closing. Um, We're seeing them closing left and right in New Jersey, a a tax revenue to the state of New Jersey of almost two billion dollars. And yet you have a governor who claims to be a champion of craft beer, claims to be a supporter of craft beer. And he has done nothing but the sort. He has let it go he could have solved this problem by executive order he could just simply say no rules until they pass the bill that i want or not no rules but we won't enforce the rules that are on the books until we get a bill passed whether it's this year next year or whatever he could give these people some relief and he doesn't and what's what's going to happen coming into the you know 2024 i think you're going to see more breweries closing I think you're going to see more things happening. And I'll be honest. I mean, again, I'm not a small business owner. I'm not a brewery owner, and I don't know if I would do this if I were a brewery owner. But the rebel in me wants to say, I'm going to continue doing what I want. You come after me and find me. You come after me and tell me I have to close. Remember, there's still a lawsuit out there from Death of the Fox. They still have a lawsuit going uh, suing the governor. Now, if Chuck succeeds with both ends of this lawsuit... The rules go away. Forget about the law that's passed or not passed. The rules simply disappear. So, and and it's not as easy as that. I I understand that. I just think it's such short sightedness by the governor of the state of New Jersey when beer is, you know, doing very well in New York. It's doing well in Pennsylvania, even though even though they have their own set of restrictions, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You have neighboring states that are succeeding in doing well, and you have a state in New Jersey that could really blow the doors off of this thing, and they choose not to because of the short-sightedness of one man, Governor Phil Murphy. that's exactly why they're being short-sighted. It's all because of the governor could have signed the bill, had a victory, uh, you know, unanimous bill, touted around the state, they would have regaled him as a hero, maybe they take up the rest of the liquor license stuff, maybe they let it die. Who knows? I agree. That's the, probably the only thing I agreed with the governor on when I was on WNYC with him. If the bill disappears, if the bill signs the way it is, the rest of the liquor stuff disappears. And I don't disagree with him on that. All right. When we come back after a short break, actor John Schneider uh, with his new moonshine, Revenuers Reserve, and then Scott Wells for the last two segments of the program. This is the best of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. And welcome back to the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, you know that theme song. If you are a fan of the television show Smallville, as I was, uh, you know that the, uh, the gentleman, the actor who played the father of uh, Superman, the adopted father of Superman, Clark Kent, was one, Jonathan Kent, but one actor by the name of John Schneider, who is not only an actor, a filmmaker, a musician, He's a moonshiner now. That's right. Revenuers Reserve is out now. It comes in three flavors, original, blackberry, and apple pie. For more info on it and how you can order it, just go to revenuersreserve.com. That's the website for more information on all of that. But it is an honor to welcome the man you may know as Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard or Jonathan Kent from the series Smallville. It's John Schneider. John, good day to you, sir. How are you? Hey,
0: hey, good day to you. That it was so great. You know, it's uh, uh, for 40 years when people introduce me 45 years they play the duke's theme it was so great <laughs> to hear remy zero yay remy zero yeah we haven't heard that in yeah. quite some time so there you go no no that was that was so great i'm uh, i'm honored to be on your show and, uh folks just before we pressed the red button we were talking about uh, duke's of hazard certainly but also smallville right. and how it's uh, it's the shining i think it's the shining gem in the in the superman crown i really do 100% i think, I think Smallville, yep, Smallville, Smallville is the quintessential story of good old Clark Kent. You know, he was not Superman yet, so we had to, uh, we had to pretend we didn't know where the story was going. Right. And uh, it it was just great. 10 years, 10 years yeah. that show ran. Amazing.
1: Amazing. Now, yeah. Congr- yeah. congratulations on the success of the Moonshine Revenuers Reserve sold out at the launch party earlier this week. That is incredible. Did did the Dukes of Hazard have anything to do with you getting into the moonshine business?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I've <laughs> wanted to for for decades. Right. Um way back when we were doing the show, I'd go do a personal appearance somewhere and and uh, invariably some- someone, usually a, a man or woman in uniform, would whisper to me, Hey, you like moonshine? And I'd say, Well, yeah, who doesn't? And they'd say, Come with me. And they'd take me to some closet somewhere where all the contraband uh liquor was. Right. You know, and uh right off the bat I thought, you know, this is the stuff that was too good for the revenueers to bust up with a baseball bat. So I've wanted to do a uh, a moonshine called is Reserve for nearly forty years, but wow. it's you know life life kind of goes goes in different directions. Sure, and uh, this year was a uh, was a, a particularly tough year for me, but mm-hmm. in it, I met a, uh, a a woman who's a widow, and she and her husband have a wine called Sorvino Vino, and this is uh, Paul Sorvino's wife oh
1: Dee, yes we've had yeah. uh, we had i on my day job i work with joe piscopo on his morning show we do a political oh. talk show oh, and great. joe uh, was friends with um paul for years paul. and his wife Didi. Yeah. so oh wow it all comes full circle look at that
0: yeah it was amazing so she said she said look you're you're this the first year is just going to be so hard because we we met just when her, she had gone through the first year after paul's death right And uh, she said, what, you know, what is it you want to do? And I said, well, I've always wanted to do this moonshine. And she said, well, let's do that. (laughs) So, you know, Dee Dee, so you know why it's successful. Mm Because she she will not, uh, we had an order. Our first order yesterday outside of our launch party was one distributor ordered 900 bottles. Wow. Which apparently, apparently is crazy good. So uh, I think we got, the uh, like uh, Buck Owens said decades ago, we got a tiger by the tail here. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the commercials, but I, I shot two little commercials here at, right. the, at John Schneider Studios where the revenuer is searching for me, looking for me, and uh, he's got the baseball bat, but then he tastes it and says, oh, forget the bats, bring me my jug. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's great. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's a great product and I'm going to be very, you know, I, I need to have my mind, uh, into something. I need to be a little distracted here because sure. I'm I'm not quite at the, at the end of my first year. And right. folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, my beautiful wife passed away February 21st of this year. Yeah. And, uh, when something that tragic happens in your life, you, you, you have a choice. You can bury your head in the sand and, and go away, or you can, uh, do as as Alicia, my wife, would say. You can go do. Right. So I've spent this year going and doing, and uh, the proof there is uh, she was writing a book. She had uh, she had stage four breast cancer, mm-hmm. and she was she had written a book called "In the Driver's Seat" about how to take charge of your own diagnosis. Um, so we we were very successful with that. Uh, the first time she was diagnosed, we we turned a six month. Uh, life expectancy into five years so it was uh it 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 it, i I hate being a poster child for all of that but since i am i finished her book it's called in the driver's seat um i did a, a tribute album not only to my bride but to everyone who has lost someone that someone that they love uh there's a new album called we're still us um you're 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 you'd don't all of a sudden not become, uh, a couple anymore. You know, they, Alicia is in many, many ways more alive and well in my heart than she was here. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when someone, uh, when someone, uh, has a, a ailment like that, it's, uh, it's pretty rough. Yeah. But I did the, did the, finish the book, did an album, uh, did a movie that's out uh, with uh, with Jay Sekulow and his family called yep. uh, called uh, Jingle Smells, which <laughs> is so much fun, so much fun. And then did The Moonshine. So I, I chose not to bury my head in the sand. I, uh, You know, I'm from Mount Kisco. I'm just from across yes, the Tappan That's right. Yeah, so you know we're we're nothing if not tenacious exactly so
1: <laughs> and and i have to tell you john as a cancer survivor myself i'm now 7 years uh in remission from uh, hodgkin's lymphoma it's one of those things oh congratulations you can, you can, thank you you could you can bury your head in the sand like you said or you could pick yourself up and keep moving and i choose to keep moving and i think that's a great that's a fantastic positive attitude to have and i want to circle back to the moonshine for a moment because sure. how did you come up with the blackberry and apple pie flavors for the moonshine
0: well when we went to uh, went to several distilleries and and sampled their products and the one thing that was important to me because I'm a I'm a taste guy mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to uh, to add something uh so the apple pie that we have I'm I'm talking about changing the name of apple pie on our next batch to uh to apple fritter. <laughs> oh okay. Cuz I'm a you know an apple fritter's got all those great little burnt Corners on it, right. so it's more crispy. <laughs> it doesn't fall on your coffee as easily. So uh, I'm I'm trying to add a little a little bit of, of uh, burnt sugar taste to the apple pie to make it make it more apple fritter. Uh, same thing with the blackberry. Try to add uh, a little bit of what we have down here in uh, in Louisiana. I live in Louisiana. Right. Uh, we've got muscadine. We've got all kinds of stuff here. So I wanted I wanted to make it personal and with many of the people that we talked to they were like well yeah you know we'll we'll slap a label i said no i don't want to slap a label on something i want to actually have have something to do with how this tastes sure you know because it's all about the taste it's all about the the look of the bottle and the label um so with appalachian distillery uh it's family run and i I say how long you been doing this and they say well 10 years legally (laughs) <laughs> they've, they've got a they've got a great picture of their grandfather who apparently spent 10 years in jail around uh around prohibition time wow. for doing just what they're doing now but they're doing it legally right so right. i wanted to i wanted to identify a group of people that i could actually work with and not just you know no i didn't want to just be a kind of a peripheral figure i wanted i want to get my hands into the into the mash if you will mm-hmm. and uh these folks were all about that, so we're working on a couple of new uh, new flavors for next year, uh, and I'm I'm very excited about it. You know, I I tell people, look, with with Dukes of Hazard, I've been on probation since 1979, <laughs> <laughs> so. It's about time. It's about time I had my own moonshine. Exactly. We're talking with actor,
1: filmmaker, musician, and moonshiner, John Schneider, Revenuers Reserve. It's out now. It w- it did sell out this week, but they are fulfilling orders, so it comes in three flavors. Yeah. Original, blackberry, apple pie. For more info on it and how you can order it, just head over to revenuersreserve.com as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And John, before I run out of time here, I grew up watching Dukes of yes, Hazard. Love the show. We talked about it before we started the interview, but of course... Yeah. I was a comic book geek back in the day. I had in my collection, before I sold it a few years ago, I had over 20,000 comic books in my collection. A wow. lot of it having to do with Superman and Superboy and the mythos of, of all of Superman. Uh, a huge fan of Smallville, obviously. What was the, the best part of playing such an iconic character like Jonathan Kent, who essentially shapes Clark Kent's views on life and how to deal with the responsibility of his superpowers?
0: Well, the, the way that Miles and Al... Uh, crafted that character in just the pilot was so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wanted to, uh, you know, I was a big fan of Michael Landon and Bonanza and Little House on the Prairie and all that. But a huge fan, obviously, of Uncle Jesse of Denver Pyle, Mm -hmm. who played my Uncle Jesse on Dukes. So when I read the pilot to Smallville, I saw a lot of Uncle Jesse and Jonathan Kent, and I wanted to uh, kind of elaborate on that. Um, that's why Jonathan Kent is so, uh, he's stern. You remember, I got a lot of grief because I wouldn't let him play football, right? But, but by the, at the same time, people would say, I love how, when you're talking to him, you got your hands on his shoulders, you, you hug him, you kiss him on the back of his head when, and, you know, tell him you're proud of him. And, um, I, I think right from the very beginning, Jonathan Kent was the, was the best written father on television um and i like to think i took i took their their 7 and made it a 10 but they delivered a a, a absolute 7 which is amazing because uh they had little kids at home right and you treat a 3 year old differently than you treat a 16 year old and if you've ever had uh if you've ever had a 16 year old you know what i mean
1: oh i know my son's so 20 it, now so i know exactly what oh, you're talking about
0: yeah <laughs> yeah so it was uh it was they did an amazing job, and uh, and when I read it, I thought, no, this is uh, this is really great. So I'm honored to have been part of Smallville when uh, when uh, especially military folks come up. Because Smallville started in 2001, right. we were we were filming we were filming when right the, the planes midst. hit the towers. That's right. That's right. yeah. Uh, so I have a lot of folks that will come to me and say, we we binged watch uh, DVDs of Smallville uh, in Baghdad. So um, it's it's important to me that that Smallville is uh, has has made such a wonderful, wonderful mark on people's lives. Uh, Dukes, too. You know, Dukes uh, Dukes Dukes is amazing. But there's something about the relationship between Clark Kent and Jonathan Kent that really stands out for me. It's very much like the relationship that uh, that Bo Duke had with Uncle Jesse.
1: Well, 100%, John, you nailed it on that show, and you certainly nailed it with this moonshine. My guest, he's been actor, filmmaker, musician, moonshiner, John Schneider's Revenuers (laughs) Reserve. It's out now, comes in three flavors, original blackberry apple pie. Obviously, like John said, they're going to be doing some tweaking of it uh, for next year. But for more info on it and how you can order it, you head over to RevenuersReserve.com. We'll have a link posted on our Facebook and Twitter pages as well, so you can click right on it and order it. John, thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. This was a great conversation. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry and I uh, hope Christmas, to talk to you friend. again soon.
0: Oh, I'll be here. I'll be here. Thank you, my friend. Merry Christmas, everybody. You take care. Hug on somebody and tell them you love them. Do it today. Do it every day. Absolutely. Be good. Up next...
1: Scott Wells from Bolero Snort, from the brewery, two segments. we got a lot to talk about, about New Jersey beer and the restrictions and all kinds of other stuff that's going on, and maybe some surprises as well. That's coming up next on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Welcome back to the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer, and we are coming to you from Bolero Snort Brewing in the offices of bolero snort brewing last time i was with scott wells we were in the actual brewery where all the action was happening really there was no action it was just scott pouring a beer for a uh, tv interview but anyway he is an old friend of the show uh no i don't want a beer i'm good for right now but see i knew you were gonna ask that uh he's an old friend of the show his brewery along with other great breweries across the garden state have been trying to change things in trenton they got it done but the governor has now conditionally vetoed the bill sent it back to a lame duck legislature that has roughly three weeks to make the changes that he wants, which is essentially pocket licenses. We'll get to that in a second. Bolerosnort.com. That's the brewery website for info on how to get your beer fix here in beautiful Carlstadt, New Jersey. I mean, welcome back to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer is Scott Wells. Scott, how are you? I'm great, Al. First time, long time. How are you? Uh, (laughs) Very nice. Let's talk about the Giants. No. Um, But let's get right to it. The governor conditionally vetoes the bill. He sends it back to the legislature because he felt it didn't do enough to change the liquor license laws. Why, in your opinion, is he trying to lump one thing in with the other?
2: As, as we know, Phil Murphy really wants to overhaul the entire system, which is antiquated and, and based on you know, prohibition age uh, laws and regulations. So we get it and we, we appreciate that. But the popularity surrounding reform is really based on the grassroots efforts by the breweries. So... The the constituency really has rallied around modernizing the rules that the breweries exist under, even though those rules were created entirely by Phil Murphy's administration. Um, So this bill that we put together and we've been working on now for a year and a half and really fighting these 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 rules for five years now, um, this bill was designed to just scale the clock back to the rules that we worked under until 2018. When this administration imposed new rules upon us, Um, the governor is now trying to use our popularity to try to force through other much needed reforms. And we we do understand that they are needed and critical to other uh, other businesses. But right now, the breweries are being held hostage where our bill apparently will not go through unless the legislature agrees to support other murphy reforms the crazy part is the conditional veto of the bill um was very much scaled down from murphy's initial proposal it's it's watered down there's not a lot of teeth to it it's clear that the governor had to back off of a lot of what he wanted to achieve but even with this this pared down version of reform the legislature's still not going for it so now the legislature's signaling they're not going to sign off on the cv they're not going to concur with it which means the clock is going to tick midnight and the brewery rules go back into effect and we have no relief in sight. Right. And what ends up happening, if this doesn't get done, the
1: bill dies and you, you guys have
2: to start this process all over again, right? So the, the, the conversations are really surrounded around are we willing to go and put the same bill back together And work on this again next year. And what unfortunately politicians don't realize is this has been a great expense to us in terms of time. We've been working on this for five years. We spent years, you know, kind of negotiating with the state's ABC um, and that got us nowhere. And then we spent years of time and money and lobbying power to get this to where it is. We're not politicians. This isn't what we do for a living. This is a distraction from, from operating our own businesses, and we're being forced into this political arena that we never should have been in, involved in in the first place. Um, the idea that the government's trying to remove the restrictions and remove the barricades from us has really turned around, and it's, it, it's now it's almost like the brewers are being told, you need to go and be the cheerleaders for this greater reform, even though the people that are against the reform are the same bars and restaurants and liquor stores that we survive by selling beer to so this has created an adversarial atmosphere where our customers the bars and the stores are mad at us because the government isn't removing the restrictions from us so now the climate in new jersey is it is more difficult than ever to sell your beer through distribution but also We're not going to be able to sell in our tasting rooms four weeks from now because we're going to go back to an environment that isn't welcoming to customers. So we can't sell it here and we can't sell it there. And now the government is at fault for the whole thing. Right.
1: I mean, it's crazy. And a bill, by the way, for those of you who haven't listened to the show in the last six months, that passed unanimously in both houses, which is very rare to do. Uh, in Trenton we're talking with Scott Wells co-owner of Bolero Snort Brewery located in Carlstadt New Jersey for more info on Bolero head over to bolerosnort.com we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer now recently DoorDash was given approval to deliver alcohol to New Jersey households and last
2: week Instacart is able to do the same thing through Wegmans how does this affect your business Unfortunately, this is going to impact the business by making it more readily available for out-of-state products to get into your hands and into your homes because these are ways that distribution products, which largely favor our out-of-state competitors, um, now have more means of finding their ways to you. So the state has shown the interest and ability to create special rulings by avoiding going to the legislature and creating new laws that – favor one aspect of the industry or the other. So we've seen special rulings in the past year that have allowed golf courses to get permits to sell alcohol basically overnight. Um, Instacart and DoorDash to be able to get distribution beer from stores, not from breweries, but from stores specifically into your hands Um, right down to a special ruling last week that allowed a distributor in New Jersey that was going out of business to circumvent the rules on a prohibition of selling certain products in the state for 12 months, largely at the detriment of local manufacturing. So the, the ABC is quick to put in rules that they view as favorable to businesses when those businesses aren't the breweries. But when the breweries need help, we have to go seek legislative efforts, which we've done, succeeded with but still cannot get actual relief
1: and essentially if i'm a person who let's say i go to instacart and i go to we- wegman's website and i look and i see bolero snort i can buy your beer at wegman's and have it shipped to me sent right to my door you get a piece of that but it's not the same thing as if you were
2: home delivering it to somebody or if i actually went to the brewery and bought the beer itself and that's correct, but you're also you're speaking about Bolero, which we're we're fortunate enough to be able to have our products in those stores. Right. Where Wegmans, which is um, a, a great proponent of local brewing and quality beer, Wegmans still only carries a small portion of breweries in New Jersey. So when you're 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 trying to get an order from home. And you're going to Wegmans or these other DoorDash companies, you're limited to product that they've selected to purchase for their stores, which is going to largely reflect probably 90 to 95 percent products that were made outside of New Jersey. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, trust me, I'm, I'm thrilled with the fact that you go to Wegmans and buy my beer, but that's not the case for probably 125 or more of the 141 breweries in New Jersey. Right.
1: So uh, Devil's Creek uh, just uh, on Tuesday, we're taping this interview on Wednesday. Just on Tuesday, Devil's Creek uh, has announced this weekend as their last weekend in business. They're going out of business. Another Jersey brewery bites the dust. Senator Scuteri has basically said they have no interest in bringing this bill uh, back up and with the conditions that the governor is asking for. And essentially what the governor is asking for is for pocket licenses. So for those that, I, I mean, as far as I understand it, a pocket license, somebody that has a liquor license, maybe they have sat on it for a while, they uh, haven't used it. So basically what he wants to do is if you're not going to use it within a certain period of time, you need to either sell it or you need to give it up and give it back to the town uh, that you got it in, which I don't disagree with him on that. But again, what, that, what he's asking for and what you guys are asking for are two entirely separate things. Is there anything that you guys can do? Uh, to To move this along, you know to try and get the legislature
2: to to say hey we'll we 'll agree to these things I mean at this point, my optimism has really run out. Uh, the pocket license aspect of this has really grown kind of comical because the the requirement to return pocket licenses into the pool already exists in regulation um, there's a process that you have to go through to not lose your license, but there are, there are people that have owned and held pocket licenses for decades at this point, and it's used for speculation. It's, it's an asset that appreciates, so they don't want to give those up. And in many cases, pocket licenses are held specifically to eliminate competition within communities where you might own two licenses in town with only one in use, which eliminates someone else from getting a license to compete against you. We have existing regulations on the books that keep that from happening but those regulations haven't been enforced so i'm kind of at a loss to understand why we're not just enforcing the existing regulations versus putting a law in place tied to a brewery law that they're really separate issues right
1: because you can't you can't sell hard liquor so what difference does it make if there's a pocket license in effect for a brewery or not you have to purchase a separate license that's less than what a liquor license is,
2: but all you can do is brew beer. The, the title of my license is a limited right. license. The reason why it's limited, we are very limited in what we're able to sell. We can only sell malt beverages that are manufactured within our buildings. We don't have the ability to sell other beer, wine, spirits, food, any of the other things. So our, the the bill at, at, at hand here addresses... Events and food and merchandise and other things that really have nothing to do with alcohol, the limitation that we see right now is we can't compete against a bar. You can't come here and get a beer and a shot. You can't get a glass of wine. You can't get most other things. We're not competing with bars at all. We're a very different subset of business. And the idea of operating a tasting room and a brewery is to introduce customers to the products that we make and familiarize them to those products because then it's easier for them to go and buy those exact same products At the licensed bars. So without the ability for us to really encourage that, we're going to continue to lose out to these other breweries from out of state. And the, the point that I've been kind of harping on, five of the largest 25 craft breweries in the entire country exist within about a half hour's drive of New Jersey. But there isn't a single brewery in New Jersey that's within the top 50 in production. Those breweries are able to compete against us because they're allowed to have events and food and all these other crazy things in their breweries where they make money and they use that to market against us in our own densely populated states. So we're at a disadvantage to compete against them in our home state. So if you want to have that great brewery experience that most of the country enjoys, where you get to go and hang out at a brewery and sit down and enjoy a beer or maybe a slice of pizza or a burger from a food truck and listen to some live music, and you live in New Jersey, I've got great news for you. You can do that in about 45 minutes. Anyone who lives in New Jersey is about 45 minutes away from that experience. They just have to cross a border into Pennsylvania, Delaware, or New York to get it. they got to take their money with them. Yeah. It's awful. It's
1: an awful uh, way to do business. All right. Uh, Scott Wells is with me here at Bolero Snore Brewery. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back for uh, part two. We're going to have uh, we're going to talk about some other things that are going on uh, in the state of New Jersey. Some good news stuff. Let's you know it's the holidays are approaching. We have got some good news stuff to talk about. We'll do that next on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy The Answer. Welcome back to the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy The Answer. We're coming to you from Bolero Snore Brewery located in Cross New Jersey. And Scott Wells rejoins me so. Last time I was here, Scott, I asked you about the two guilds in New Jersey, the Brewers Guild of New Jersey and the New Jersey Brewers Association, and I asked you about the possibility of merging and becoming one guild again. You have an announcement to make here, so let us make it. What did I tell you last time? I don't, I don't remember. Did I, did I give anything up then? Uh, you, you said, there, you know, we're, we're talking, and you essentially said, I have kept the Brewers Association involved in all of the stuff that's going on, Uh, We would love to maybe get together back back together again one day. But, uh, you know, we don't know if that's going to happen.
2: So, yeah, I mean, the the existence of two separate organizations really had more to do with the idea of. Different priorities, um, which I personally don't think ever really existed. Um, there, there was the, the sentiment of one group kind of representing the smaller breweries and one, one group representing the larger brewers, but that wasn't really the case. So going through this whole political nonsense that we've dealt with for the last year and a half, we have been working together hand in hand. And, um, you know, it, it, it took some very calm, cool conversations between everyone. I, I really – I'll give most of the credit to uh, Crystal Lockman from Arrow Brewing, mm-hmm. um, she put the most effort into this whole thing, but we've, uh, you know, I, I guess I could announce without the paperwork being done, but we have a handshake agreement and agreement to terms that we are going to reunite the two organizations. And I guess it's great timing to do it with everything that's going on politically. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going through the process right now of rejoining and becoming one organization and having one voice to represent um, all of New Jersey beer within the state and beyond. And, I'm very excited for this, you know, this new endeavor uh to kind of reinvent what these organizations are and what they do. Um with the merger, I I'm very very hopeful that we're going to be able to do more than just politics and while we've been very effective politically, um I guess, you know, for for lack of getting a bill signed at this point, while we've been very effective politically, there's a lot more that we need to offer to the breweries and to the consumers in the state. Um so this New organizations should have more people involved with more volunteer hours that can do things like festivals and uh, symposiums and educational components and really elevate New Jersey craft beer to where it should be and where it can be. Um, so I think the future is very bright now that we have this going, and we should be finalized with the merger by the first of the year, which is ironic, because that's the day that the clock goes back to our regulations.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: And uh, we'll speak about the
1: festivals in just a second, but what uh, will the name... Will the name change? Will it be the same it'll you know it'll be will it either be the Brewers Guild of the New Jersey Brewers Association or uh, an
2: amalgam of the two yeah i mean with with the merger it's the the Brewers Guild of New Jersey is going to remain the uh, the the body. Um, so that will remain the name. And I'm sure at some point we'll get tired of that name as we do every four or five years and change it to something else, right. uh, which it did come up in conversation and I just said, no, cause it's not something I want to right, deal with right, right now. Um, so yeah, it will remain the Brewers Guild of New Jersey, which is, I, I think that really helps with where we are right now because that's the national association, the Brewers Association reaches out to us, the politicians, they, they, they know us, they know who we are. So I think that, that really, it helps with the continuity, but at the same time it does give us the ability to really focus on some new efforts and outreach. You know, I'm I'm not shy to say that we've struggled in certain areas and, you know, I don't think we always communicate very well with our membership and beyond our membership. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been largely with everything we've had going on politically we 've been asking the consumers to to write letters and and put up posts and click links and send text messages and all these things and there 's a lot going on and you know trying to make sure everyone 's got the most updated info and is aware of everything that 's going on now now being united in one um, that 's going to be a lot easier and even without the unification being finalized yet you know we 've got a lot of information coming down from our our lobbying firm that. I'm taking making sure every brewery has that, and it's the breweries in our group, the breweries in, in that group, and every contact we have in New Jersey beyond that to really make sure everyone's on the same page. We're all working on the same effort. And you know, to this point, I don't think there is any agenda anywhere um, that there are breweries that are working against. We're all trying to get to the same thing. And then, you know, I'm sure there's going to come a time where we might have some competing priorities. We've seen that in more successful states like California. Sure. You know, their guild's got 500 brewery members, and they have subgroups because they have to lobby for different things at different times. We're not there yet. You know Where we think here in New Jersey, we have some big breweries and small breweries, we don't. We're all small right. on the national scale. Even our, our largest brewery is still very small, so we've got a lot of work to do before we could worry about things of that nature.
1: And and speaking of festivals, i got a little inside information, so I'm going to throw this out there to you. Uh, in July, there's going to be a festival that is going to take place. Uh, I don't want to say Central New Jersey because does that really exist? Murphy said it does. I don't think it does. It's in the middle of New Jersey. Let's put it that way. You want to call it South Jersey, you can call it South Jersey. You want to call it North Jersey, that's fine. But um, there's an event that's going to be taking place. First week of July uh, is the tentative date right now, and it's going to be called Brew Jersey, which I think is a really cool idea. All of the beers there will be from New Jersey breweries. There's going to be bands. There's going to be activity. There's going to be all kinds of uh really well let's say 90% of the beers are going to be from New Jersey um but there's going to be a lot of activity and a lot of this is going to help out the brewers
2: themselves as well as you know educating people about New Jersey beer yeah it's not completely finalized yet cuz they're still waiting on um, some paperwork and permits to come through so we can't make a formal announcement right. on I guess but it is going to be called Brew Jersey Save the L's, uh which is an offshoot of the Brew Jersey initiative which was spearheaded by um Uh, jason goldstein from uh, icarus brewing uh soon to be in brick new jersey um and the initial brew jersey was um a beer release that we all did collaboratively throughout the state um that's had a couple different versions but the second version being brew jersey sign the bill phil uh so the festival will be called brew jersey save the ales um in the the preliminary work that we've we've put down for this festival, we do have a lot of fun stuff planned. It will be in July. It's uh, scheduled to be in uh, Branchburg. Um, but we've already gotten commitments from some help, from some, uh, some heavy-hitter friends of ours from out of state that right. want to send some beer and help support us. And, you know, there's a, a big community of brewers. And nationwide, there's a lot of talk about what's going on in New Jersey. There's a lot of talk about... You know, from some competitors of craft beer, they see what's going on in New Jersey and they're kind of licking their lips. And they think they might be able to um, to scale the clock back in other areas because of how we're kind of being mistreated politically here. So there's there's some concerns around the country about how things could get worse in some of the other states. So we've seen a lot of support from our, our friends in neighboring states and far beyond that want to be involved in this because it's it's really it's time to really modernize. Brewing, modernize small business, and and try to get politics out of what we do. Hundred percent. Now
1: you guys are doing your toy drive for children in the care of YCS, as well as to help out the uh, which fire department is it that's uh, helping out? Is it Hackensack Hackensack Fire Department? And anyone who drops off an unwrapped gift from November fifteenth through December sixteenth, you're going to get fifty percent off your first pour on Friday, December fifteenth. Uh, That evening, the Tiger Man Band is going to perform their Christmas Jams album, which is really cool. If you haven't seen those guys, you should definitely come down here and check it out. On Saturday, December 16th from 5 to 8 p.m., which is the last day of the event, One Man Gathers will perform with local celebrity David Krumholtz, uh, who is Bernard in the Santa Claus franchise. Now, if this bill doesn't get passed, things like this go away, right?
2: Yeah, it's funny. This is the, the prime example of something that we wouldn't be able to do. If we go back to the regulations as they were, we only get 25 special events per year. So we have to pick and choose what events we could actually do. Um, what you just described is going to take up two of those 25 events, and we wouldn't be able to do the uh, the promotion around the beer for the toy drive. So th- this is a, a thing that's been near and dear to my heart for, for years. We've been doing this toy drive for years before the – production facility was open we used a partner bar for a long time that had a lot more capabilities to encourage people to get in there and drop off toys um i'm expecting this to be the biggest success year i actually was notified yesterday by alexis deegan who's been involved with our guilds for a long time who's um running a volunteer organization out of south jersey that her collection has been overabundant, and she's got a lot of collecting, uh, collection points up in my area, so she's going to be able to contribute a lot of additional toys to our toy drive, and that goes directly to support YCS um, and underprivileged families directly in the lower Bergen County area, so everything from Hackensack down through Carlstadt where, where we're located. So this, 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 this one touches me. This is the most important event that we do every year for me to make sure you know no family in the area um, goes needy for Christmas in one way or another. And I I hate the idea of not being able to do that or not being able to make it a success. But I think that's what the politicians often don't see. Um, They don't see the the impact that we have in the community and they think it's all dollars and cents and everything else that goes into it. And unfortunately, this is the type of thing that, you know, we could do a toy drive again next year and we have to burn most of our events on it. We can't do things to make money or, you know, by nature of the way the business goes, we have to prioritize money and all the events go to what generates the most profit, and not does the most good.
1: Well, folks, what you can do uh, at home, there are links everywhere. We'll post something on the Craft Beer Cast page. We'll post post something on X that you can click on. Uh, Write your legislators. If you're in New Jersey, you live in New Jersey. It's a simple form. You click on it. You put in your information. You send it off. It's a letter, It's a form letter that basically says, "Hey, we care about the craft brewery industry in the state. We'd like you to, you know, consider these rest- these uh, these additions to the bill and to sign off on it and pass it so that Governor Murphy will put a signature on it before December 31st." My guest has been Scott Wells, co-owner of Valero Snort Brewing, located in Crosstat, New Jersey. Scott. Thanks so much for having me here for a couple of segments today. I really do appreciate it. And congratulations on the guilds, you know, merging again, which is a great deal. And Brew
2: Jersey next year is going to be a blast. Thanks for having me as always. I always appreciate you.
1: Mike. thanks to everyone involved in the show over the last year, including my guests tonight on The Best Of, actor and moonshiner John Schneider, Scott Wells from Bolero Snort, and of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. I hope you all have the happiest of New Year's. I will talk to you on The Joe Piscopo Show on Tuesday at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody, and a happy New Year.